I'm going to write it one Good evening, Rabbi Sai. The Shiv tonight is sponsored by the Stein family. The schus of our learning should be a schus for Barry and his whole mishpacha, that the Kalash Baruch should bench them, the whole Mila de Meitav, and all his Avaitis HaKadish, Kalash Baruch should pay him with Hatzlacha, Bracha, the whole Masiyadov, and he should be Zaycheh, that the Torah should be by his family, by Yom Shatayim, by Zarim, since there is Zare, Ad Oilam. Amen. 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 learning should also be a schus for Shlema, for Miriam Beil Bas Nacham, Masayi Shar Chayli Yisrael. Okay, so middle of the story of David and Goliath, most famous stories in all of Tanakh, and we saw so far that Shaul had fallen into his state of melancholy, depression, whatever exactly you want to call it. The Plishtim capitalized on this, they came out to battle. Shaul gathers his army to go and fight against the Plishtim, and uh, something unusual happens. Everyone's prepared for the standard battle, Kaisal's prepared to fight, and one Polishti comes forward. He happens to be a very large, mighty Polishti. He's uh, <clears throat> much taller than the standard, somewhere around 12 feet tall, and he has this giant uh, spear, and he has this, this mighty armor, and the Psukim described the weight in the, in, of his armor. You can imagine how powerful he must have been. And he comes forward, and he makes a challenge. He says, listen, why should we have a battle? Thousands of people can be killed. It's terrible. We're going to settle this entire issue with one simple duel between me and one Jew. And whoever wins, if I win, the Plishtim win the battle. If the Plishtim win, then the Plishtim win the battle. And he went beyond just saying that we'll have a duel, which if it was just a duel, it would be one thing. But he clearly insinuated, and actually said clearly, that this is more than a duel between me and one Jew. This is going to show who has the real God and who has all the power. And if the Polishtim win, if I win, that means that the Polishti gods are more powerful, and if your God has all powerful, so then he should help one of you defeat me. And really, the job, the person who should have taken up this challenge should have been the Melch. And Shaul, before he lost this special Hashos Hashrina that came with being the Melech, and David was Nimshach, probably would have taken up the challenge. But Shaul is afraid, and when Shaul is afraid, so if the leader is afraid, the fear fret spreads throughout all of Kal Yisrael, and there's a tremendous pachet amongst Kal Yisrael. And this was a tremendous chil shem shemayim. And that's what we left off the story. We left off the story last week that Vayishma Shaul, the Holy Yisrael, Zivir Aplisha Eila, Vayichatu Vayirumayim. They were trembling, and they were very, very afraid. And now the story, the Novi reintroduces David, which is very unusual, interesting, the Mephashim discuss why are we reintroducing David? Didn't we already introduce him and discuss the fact that he was Nimshech Melach? But because he's now becoming the center point of the story, and really from here on in, David is the center of the story through the rest of Sefer Shmuel Aleph and Shmuel Beis, so we're going to reintroduce David HaMelech. So the Pasuk tells us that David... Ben Ish Ephrasi. David was the son of a man from Ephras, is an area. Rashi says that Beslechem Yeshev Be'eretz Ephras, it's the name of the region he came from. Hazeh, that's why I say Beis Ephrasi, Hazeh, that this David who we had already mentioned earlier, so we're telling you now with Hazeh that David who came up earlier, and you would think that the being anointed as king was the main action, but now we're really getting to the action, and therefore. The one we mentioned earlier, he was Ben Ishafrasi, Mi Beis Lechem Yehuda, from Beis Lechem Yehuda, Ushma Yishai, 
and his father's name was Yishai, he had eight sons, which also works with what we saw earlier, although Mepharshim discussed in Devayami, it seems to only have seven sons, and why Eliyav is not mentioned. Okay. He was a Zakin, he was very old, and he was too old to go out to battle, and he was Ba Ba'anoshim. What's this Lashem? Interesting Lashem of Ba Ba'anoshim. So Rashi says, Nimna he was from the Chashuvim of Klal Yisrael, and it seems that this introduction, telling us how many sons, and he was old, and he was an Adam Chashuv, is making a very specific point. Because the Pasuk is now going to tell us which one of his sons were taking place, part in the battle, and which one of his sons were not. So the Pasuk tells us, The oldest three sons went with Shaul and Mulchama, and this was the prearranged division of forces amongst Kali souls that every family had to send a certain amount of soldiers based on how many children they had, yeah, yeah, based, right. based on how many they had at home that were still able to help out and based on the needs of the father. And therefore, they, the Pasuk's telling us that Yishai was old, he had eight sons, and therefore the division of forces was such that three of his sons were part of the battle. The three older sons were in the battle was Aliyah, Habachar, Mishnei, Avinadav, the second one Avinadav, Vashlish Shama, the David who Akotan, David who was the youngest, So the three older ones, they were part of the battle, but Shaul, who was the youngest, was not part of the battle. The David Hoylich Vishov, and David was going back and forth, Me'al Shaul, from Shaul, Lira is a son of Beislacham to take care of the sheep. So, the, the Navi here is answering something which is unusual. We just had in the end of the last parak that David played the harp for Shoal. He became very close to Shoal. He became his Naisikalim. He became his arms bear. Now, when you go out to war, your arms bear, you'd think, would come with you. However, the Pasuk's telling us that Kalisol had an arrangement of how, you know, who had to go out to battle. They, you know, they, they understood that some people had to stay behind, unless sometimes entire Kalisol was mobilized, like we saw against Nachash. But when there wasn't a need for all of Klal to mobilize, they had a system, there certain people stayed behind. David's assignment was to stay behind and help his father take care of his possessions of his sheep. And therefore, even though he had been close to Shaul, but he was going back and forth, spending some time with the king, but then going back to help his father, as opposed to his three older brothers who already enlisted and members of the army, and they were the ones who were fighting. So David was not a member of this battle, and not only that, he had been traveling back and forth, and he definitely was not around for the first part of the battle. So, you want to say something, Mandy? I'm sorry, I'm forced to be back. It takes a while for the sound to get it. The word Ish, who's there referring to? Ish, who's there is Yisha? Yeah. Always repeating. It's just the. Yishai was a Zakin. Yeah. No, we're just saying that the, David was the son of Yishai, and now we're going to describe him and we'll say, Ish, and this man, Yishai, was a Zakin. So David, first we're getting the backstory. David's not part of the battle because there's his brothers are in the army and he has to take care of the sheep. So even though he had been with Shaul, but he's going back and forth and he misses out the beginning of the battle. And the Plishti went for 40 days. Morning and night he came out to give his drasha being Mechara from Megad of HaKadosh Baruch When did he do this? Rashi tells us, it comes from Gemara and Saita, they did this B'davka B'zman Kriyashma, K'day Levat L'me Kriyashma. 
that he appreciated that that's his man of being kabbalos omach hashemayim, and bedafk at that moment when Klai Yisrael is coming to say Hashem alekeinu Hashem achol, that Kolish Baruch Hu rules the whole world. This plishi is going and making bushes of cherpes out of them. And he's saying he's saying that Kolish Baruch Hu rules the whole world. Send someone to fight me. Let's go. Let me see. Let, let me see that you actually believe in Kolish Baruch Hu. And it was a tremendous bezoyin and a tremendous chil shem shemayim. And where does the forty days come from? So the Gemara and says Amr Biyechnan keneged arbom yoyim shenitne behentayr. That 40 days of Maimir Hasinai, can they get that? We have 40 days of Goliath being Mecharif Megadif. What's the Kesher, the 40 days? So, one pshat is that it's a punishment for Klal Yisrael. Because for 40 days, Klal Yisrael stood by Maimir Hasinai, and there were Kailus who broke him and everything going on. And what did they do at the end of the 40 days? They uh, went and they were chayt with the eagle. So this was somehow a tikkun or punishment, kenegedzeh. But others say the other, the Radak brings that 40 days of Maimir Hasinai, so at the end of the 40 days, it's dafka, at the end of the 40 days, Moesha came back and they're down there, Makabal the Torah, so keneged those 40 days, it's only after the 40 days that they had the koyach to be loichim against Goliath. So we'll see the David Taka rise on day 40. I heard once, I think, from Reisman that there's also an Indian over here of Zel Umazab Kim. We know that Kodesh Baruch Hu builds the world with a certain level of balance in the world. Whatever there is in the Kayach HaKadusha, Kodesh Baruch Hu has to make the world even. Otherwise, you know, if the Kayach HaKadusha was tremendous and the Kayach HaTun was shvach, then we would, you know, it would be easy to choose one way. And Kodesh Baruch Hu has a balanced world. So to balance out the 40 days of tremendous Kedusha, Maimon has seen him and the whole world heard the Kedusha broken, there had to be 40 days of a tremendous Chil Shem Shemayim to make a certain balance in the world. Okay. So this is what's going on, and now we move into the story. So David's home, he's taking care of the sheep, his brothers are out at war. Yishai tells David, Take this eighth as a measurement of roasted grains, vasar lechem and these ten loaves of bread, v'horeitz hamachene lachecha. And we want you to go to the machina, to your brothers, bring it to them. He's sending a care package with his son. Right? His sons are out of war, and you, you know you want to you want to uh, send them something from home, a little kugel from home. So he says, take this. You know, it wasn't a major amount, but take this to your brothers, and this will be a. Uh, uh, <coughs> Uh, you know, package from home. And not only that, and ten cheeses, because they're put into, you know, uh, forms to create, and it's also washing of the milk is coagulates and is pressed together. So ten cheeses, bring to their captain, you know, so we know from, say, for, from Parshish Yisrael, it was arranged into, sorry, so the captain of the thousands, you know, it's always important to send something to the Yisrael Yeshiva. May send something along to his Rebbe too. It definitely is uh, is a wise idea. Yishai understood that it's always a good idea to send a nice matana for the Rebbe. And definitely, if Yishai understood it, we should probably also take the lesson. Yep. So send along the <laughs> that this part of the shiur is sponsored by you. <laughs> And your brothers, you should remember l'shalim, tifakid l'shalim. Okay, that part of the Pasuk makes sense. We can understand tifakid l'shalim. They want to send them shalom and bring back messages to shalom. What's the es arubosam tikach? 
So these words are very difficult. Now, the first thing everyone who's learning Daf Ashua obviously remembers that we just had on Daf Tes, on Vase, that the Arab Surabosim Tikach refers, Chazal tell us, to the fact that all the soldiers who went out to war in David Amel's army used to write a get for their wife, whether it was a get betnai or get beloy tnai, but I'll call upon him. He told Yishai, sent David and said, take get get from your brothers to bring back to their wives. Why is it called Arubosam Tikach? Because it's Mavatl, the thing that is Mu'ur of Marriage makes a Taruvas, a mixture between the husband and wife, and this the get will undo that. And why did they write a get? So that if Chasashalom, someone's captured in battle, or went missing, or died, and they left behind no children, there's a problem with Yibum. So there's always a reason why you want to have a get, and you don't run into problems of Aguna and so on, and Yibum. And that's Takawai, Adiyemazah. We don't do it with a get, but there is a, uh, the Israeli soldiers, when they go out to battle, so when they sign up, they sign documentation that gives the Bezdin in Yerushalayim, they don't write a get, but they make, they're mamana, the Bezdin in Yerushalayim, a shliach, that if they go missing in action for a certain amount of time, that they can write a get for their wife. Oh, one from what? If you go out to, why you divorce your wife? They want the soldiers to focus only on, uh, on fighting in the battle. So if you're, yeah, I don't know. They're planning to get remarried, so I can't imagine how giving a get's going to affect that, but okay, I, I never heard that shot. That you don't go to war at all. The Pasuk Naki Yelabese. Right, yeah, that's what the Pasuk says, yeah. The Ramam's description of going to war is to, to forget your wife, forget your family. That's what he writes over there. Okay. I'll call upon him, but that's only one pshat of here. There's a lot of other pshatim, and what does it mean our boss and tikach? So let's go through some of the other pshatim, the very interesting things over here. So first of all, I think the most posh pshat is Rashi over here says, Ves arubosam tikach, ves aruvas hatzalosam v'shloimam tikach ba'oznecha. So you should find out, and this is how the Targum says, that you should bring back to me a report of how they're doing. I, that, that's the most simple Pashup shot in the Psukim. Is now, it doesn't work so nice, maybe the word Arubosam, but that's how the Targum learns, that it means bring back a report of how they're doing. The Marie Kara over here says a very interesting shot. He says that people go to battle, so when you go out to war, you make chaver. It's, it's really true. You know, we said about sending presents. It's true when you go to yeshiva. This part's also true. People go into a new environment, especially an environment where there's challenges. So they form friendships, and they for, form companionships, and they have groups. So what does he say? He says, I'm ready to go read the Lush, and he says, Tira eminis arvu, If a few people go out to war, they make partnerships with others, they camp together, they eat together. So Yishai wants to know, you know, my sons are out of war, I'm sure they made friendships, I'm sure they have these new companions that they're spending all day long with, eating, sleeping, drinking with, they're no longer in my house, I don't want to know who they hang out with. There's a hamshech over here. You have to figure out who they're hanging out with and bring that back to me. See, Isha is checking up on his sons. He wants to know who exactly they're hanging out with. The Radak says, interesting chat. He says, You know, they all went out to war. They went running out to war. They didn't necessarily take everything they needed. And uh, where are they going to buy things from? So they had to, you know, they started being mashkining all their, their, you know, 
they're, they're went to the pawn shop and they're pawning away all the things. And who knows what they had to pawn away? So Yishai sent David with money to go and redeem as Aruvasam their their arvus that they gave that these things that the mashkoinis you should take it back. The Rabag actually learns the exact opposite. He said, bring them along things that they could use to pawn if they need to borrow money. So they should have a backup. You know, they don't want to have to run around with cash. You give them a few valuable items. If they'll need access to money, they'll be able to, uh, to redeem it with that. Oh, the, the, the rid over here, Pirish Rid says, Esher Bosom Tikach means all the things that are too heavy and they, you know, they, they went out, I guess they overpacked and now they're ready, ready to send some stuff home. Let's take that back. Okay. And one last shot over here, beautiful shot from the Yaakov Shemoyni, from the Medrash. So Yaakov Shemoyni says as follows, Omer of Yudah Bar Simoyn, Lomer Oise Shevet Lies Orev Elul Elul. Who is, David is from Shevet Yehuda. Who is he going to fight for? For Shaul. David, Shaul is from Binyamin. David, Yehuda and Binyamin, they already have an old, long-standing harvest between them. Right? Shenema, Anoichi Revenu, Yehuda, Told Yaakov Avinu that he wants to take Binyamin. He says, "Anoich Avinu, I take a chrayis of Binyamin." Omar Yishe leDavid Binoi Harei Hashosh Etelch Petaskaim Oise Arvus. Now is the time that Shoals and Ace Sara, Shoals from Binyamin. You have to go from Shevet Yehuda and go and be Mekayim the Arvus of Yehuda Zekanecha Shearvus Binyamin Miad Ovus Shenem Anoich Avinu. Now go and save Shaul. David went and he was Mekayim, the TV, he was Mekayim, the Arvis, he killed Goliath. This is the beautiful part of the Medrash. You were Moise Nefesh, you gave up, you, you, you risked your life for Shaul, and so it should have been Shaul who went out to battle against Goliath. That Yehuda was willing to put himself in jail instead of Binyamin. Kajbrocha says, such a hava, such arvis between the two of you, I'm going to put the base of Migdash specifically on the border between Yehuda and Binyamin. All the other Shvatim went into Golis, and who was left behind? Yehuda Binyamin, Ein Golan Iman. Lama sheshnei shatim elu heminu be the the kids shishmi biyam. My Medrash says because they're mekadesh hakadosh baruch hu when they went into the yamsuf. But I'll call upon them the tremendous arvus, the tremendous achrayis these two shvatim had for each other, and this is a continuation of that achrayis had tremendous payers that there was zeichet to have the base of mikdash dafka between. Not not that there was both zeichet to the base of mikdash or zeichet to the base of mikdash. We know part of it was in Yehuda, part of it was in Yaman. That was b'schus this tremendous arvus and this achrayis they felt for each other. The Shoal, the Hema, the whole issue Shoal, the Ema Ka'ela, they're in the Valley of Ela, that's where the battle was. Nuchamim and Plishtim, they were attempting their battle with the Plishtim. So the Apostle, again, that's just filling off information. So David was given the command from his father take all his things, go to the battlefield. David wakes up the next morning. He gives over the sheep, he doesn't just abandon his responsibilities, he gives over the sheep to a Shemer. Vayisa, and he took all the things he needed. Vayelech kashesivo Yisha, and he went like his father commanded him. Vayovei hamaagola, he comes to the maagola, the circle. What, what is the circle referring to? So Rashi tells us that Svivis hamachna oisin magol. There was a circle around the camp. Vayyitzi chutz lufnim, and if you tried going out of the camp, forward or back, mischayiv. That's already yuchayiv benashay. 
Why? Lufnim shemi rutzalov bnei marachzayv. You can't go forward. You can't advance. You know, on your own. That's dangerous. And loacher, you can't retreat. And that's you know, that's a very dangerous thing that uh, someone wants to retreat. So this was the line that the soldiers are not allowed to, without orders, they weren't allowed to go forward or backwards from within this line. Others say that it was the centuries around the camp or the general mahalach of an army camp was to make a circle for self-protection, but the camp was called Hamagola, that was the outer border of the army camp. Vachayil hayoitzel marocha um, and they were going out towards the battlefield. So he, he shows up, and Kal Yisrael is already headed out for the day to go and fight. What battle is going? I thought it was just Goliath's taunting them. So, oh, 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 so, so, so we're going to discuss that in a second. So he comes, and Kal Yisrael is headed out to battle. And listen what happens. The two battle formations went against each other, Jews marching towards them, Plishtim, and this is the normal way. They had, in those days, battles were very formal. The, the battle formations marched towards each other, hand-to-hand combat, until one side won. So the two sides went to fight. Now, David sees that the fighting's about to start. So, he quickly drops the kalim that he had, everything he brought with him, Aliyad Hashemer. He gave it to someone, Hashemer HaKalim, someone was in charge of all the, you know, of the, all the kalim that they had at the battle. They have to, someone has to watch everything. He runs directly towards the battlefront. And he sees his brothers and he asks them, L'Shalom, he says, how are you doing? So they're marching towards the Plishtim, Pushed them marching towards them. David's running up behind them saying, Oh, guys, how are you doing? Goliath now emerges. So this is what happens. The Jews want to fight a regular battle. They don't want to have this man-to-man combat because no one's willing to fight Goliath. Who wants to fight Goliath? He's three times bigger than any normal person. But Goliath, so every time they tried doing it that way, Goliath came out put down the challenge in a way that Kali couldn't just ignore it. It would be a tremendous chel Hashem, it would be a busha for them, and they would retreat. So, <clears throat> He emerges out of the battle formation of the Plishtim, and he starts saying once again, he, 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 he gives his whole spiel and his drosha, and his, can't your God do something? David. David here is a tremendous chir for Gideon for Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So you're asking, were they going to battle? They tried going to battle. Every time they tried going to battle, push Goliath would run out and he would uh, taunt them and make his challenge, and, and it became apparently a situation where they couldn't just ignore him and they had to either respond or retreat. And Chal Yisrael, they became tremendously. So every time they saw him, they lost courage. The Chal Ish Yisrael Ish. When they saw. Goliath, they ran away from him. It was a tremendous pachat. They, they felt that there's something missing here. They don't have the gvur to stand up to him, and it took away their, their courage, their, their will to fight, and they, they ran away. So one member of Kali Yisrael's army said, You see this fellow who comes up? He's going up. Where's he going up to? So apparently, you know, we said in the beginning, we introduced the story, you had the Two mountains, and Chaliyos on one mountain, and the Plish on the other, and Goliath is becoming progressively more daring. He's already starting to go up the, you know, in the beginning he would just come into the valley and taunt them, but now he's already starting to walk up the mountain towards Chaliyos and say, "Hey, okay, come on, let's go, let's go." Kilacharif is Israel The reason he's coming up is to embarrass, to curse, and embarrass Chaliyos. 
there's any Jew who has the koyach and the ability to go out and kill him, the king's going to give him three presents. First of all, he's going to make him rich. Oishar God will become tremendously rich. He'll become the king's son-in-law. There's base of the Vyasa Chavshi Israel who become free from taxes. His family will be tax exempt from then on. Yeah, three tremendous presents. Baruch Hashem, he couldn't do that to everybody, otherwise it'd be bad for business. Non-profit, okay. What would have happened if David lost? What was Shaul's plan? That actually is, is a matter of discussion between David and Shaul. We're going to see. I don't know if we're going to get to it this week. I thought we would, but... Well, no, no, it was just a regular member of the army. Someone tells that Shoal's not there. Shoal's not in the front They're of the battle. They're announcing it from Shoal? How did, who's no, someone was just saying it over in a term of discussion. There's this new person shows up, and he sees the signs, like, what's going on over here? Everyone's going out to battle, and everyone starts retreating, and he's cursing and yelling and screaming. And someone tells him, by the way, that fellow who's been doing this already for 40 days, and the king is desperate for someone to go fight him, and the king even offered that anybody who goes to fight him will get, you become the king's son, will become rich, and his family will become tax-exempt. So David now tells the people around him, So David has already decided on his own that he's willing to go and fight Goliath. But he doesn't want to just come straight out and say it. He wants the word to get to the king that he's willing to fight him. So what he does is he starts asking. He says, well, what did the king say he's going to do? He knew already. So what did the king say he's going to do to the person who kills the Pelishti Halaz? The Heiser Cherp Amal Yisrael? And he points out that really a person should, the, the king's offering a present to do it? Why is the king offering a present? Every Jew should want to go fight, at least if he has the ability, if you're too weak, you can't fight, so there's no point. The present's not going to help. And if any Jew has the ability to go fight, he should want to go fight for a different reason. The Hasser Cherpam Al Yisrael, to take this tremendous blot of shame away from Kal Yisrael. Because how dare, Kimia Plishti Ha'oral Azeh, Plishti is an oral. That he can have the chutzpah to, to curse out and embarrass and denigrate the soldiers of Akadosh Baruch Hu. I think uh, one of the Israeli captains in the last uh, Gazan war said this to the soldiers on the eve of the battle and uh, made a little bit of international press. He was speaking about the Blishtim Harelim that they're. Okay, I'll call upon him. Akadosh Baruch Hu. As opposed to their Zivchei Mesim. Avayi Dezor is called Zivchei Mesim. They bow down to Avayi Dezor. Vayim Eloi Ha'om Kedov Razeh. And again, once again, he got people to start talking about what, what was being offered. Lamer Koyu Asalisha Shayakanu. The whole spiel, all the things that the king will give the person who's going to kill the Goliath. Vayishma Liyav Ochev HaGadol. Now, David's making a ruckus on purpose. He wants the word to get out that he's, you know, obviously willing to face Goliath. And David's brother hears. So Vayishma Liyav Ochev Hagadol, and he was his older brother, and therefore he felt a certain sense of achrayis to him. B'dabriel Hanoshim Vayicher Af Aliyav B'davin, and Aliyav becomes very angry. Vayomer Lomazay Yiradita, why'd you come here in the first place? Valmina Tashta Maata Tzayin Haheina B'midbar, and why'd you leave the sheep behind in the desert? What is this? You abandon your, your job. You stop coming to the battlefield. I know why you came. Aniyadati as doinecha, your evil vest, royal vavcha, and the badness in your heart. You're just a spectator. You came to watch the fighting. You came. You think it's a sports game. You came to the to the to the bullfighting ring. That's what you do. You leave your father's sheep. You leave your responsibility. And you come out here. 
Now, it's a very, very harsh statement. He didn't find out. You know, when Maisa David was coming, forget about the fact that David offered to fight Goliath. He was there, but Sivi, his father, he had to come. And this is the caste that the Gemara refers to, which is why Aliyev couldn't be the Melech. And he spoke very harshly. Now, the Mepharshim stick up for him that he did it for a reason. The reason that he spoke this way is because he was afraid for David's life. He looked at David, David fighting Goliath makes no sense, and he therefore thought the only way he could save Dov's life is to really scare him and speak very harshly. <laughs> He's saying that when your young, older brother taunts you, okay, so, so that, 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 that's maybe with us, but Dov HaMelech definitely respected Ochev he understood the Esachi Es, that this says in the post, and he was the, you know, there was a certain status, being the oldest member of the family, and he meant it for David's good, and he expected David to listen to him. So David doesn't engage him. I didn't do anything. We're getting all worked up. I just said something. And the ease of Metzlite, this is probably also good advice. and get into a fight. Calm the person down. I didn't mean anything. It's just saying words. The ease of Metzlite, he walks away. And he continues this plan. He goes to another side of the camp. And again, as soon as he gets to new people, he again starts asking, what did the king say he'll do to the person who kills Goliath? Everyone knew what the king had offered. So everyone keeps saying the same thing. And David makes enough of a ruckus. So now already starts getting out that there's someone out there who is really interested in taking up this challenge. It makes it all the way to the king and the Chol sends a message. Okay, send this guy. Someone's volunteering to go fight Goliath. Send him over. And we'll one or two more psalms, and we'll finish with this. So David comes to show, and David makes an interesting statement. No one should be down and upset about Goliath, because your Eved will go and fight with this Plishti. So the Chikitan explains, and many of our say, that David was talking to Shaul with tremendous Chachma. He told him, first of all, Everyone's worried. You're going to go fight against, against Goliath. If they lose, then it's going to be terrible for Klai Yisrael. Klai Yisrael will totally lose heart and will be stuck either being avodent to them or it, it will be terrible for our morale. So David says, first of all, I'm going to know. Look at me. Everyone knows I'm not a warrior. I'm going to go out to battle. <coughs> and if I lose, no one's, no, no one's going to lose heart when they see me lose. They'll say, okay, yeah, this young schnook went out to fight this mighty Goliath. Nothing happened. You know, if Kalaisel sends its mightiest warrior and Kalaisel's mightiest warrior loses, then there's going to be an Aphilus Lath. But David says, what? I hear. A love on Goliath's victory because it doesn't matter because it's, it, it's not a victory of Goliath. It's just against this young shepherd boy. And in addition, he tells Shaul. There's another problem for Shaul. Shaul understood that as king, really, he should be taking up this challenge. <coughs> What's going to happen? Someone else is going to take up the challenge. So it looks like that person has more gvur than the king. It looks very bad for the king. And they're going to be praising him. So he says that, no, I'm going to go as your Evan. Look at me. I'm a nobody. No one's going to give me significance. If I win, it's going to be clear that it's Mesach Kodesh Baruch Hu, And it's going to be clear that I'm going as an Evid of Shoal, and therefore he's telling Shoal, first of all, there's nothing to lose by sending me to battle, because if I lose, everyone will just say, ah, of course he lost, he was a nobody. And it won't cause Klaiso to lose heart, and it won't affect anything. And if I win, I'll be looked at as your Evid, it won't be my glory, and therefore it's, it's a foolproof thing, let me go out to fight him. 
you can't do it. You're too weak. You're a young boy. And he's an experienced warrior. Okay, we'll have to stop here. And next week we'll continue with David's response to show and the actual face-off.